Welcome to Point of Health, a Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York audio cast to keep you updated on key issues in the rapidly changing healthcare industry. I'm Julie Snyder from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York and the host of Point of Health. We want to provide focus for listeners on health insurance and healthcare in this free audio cast series. As the mother of a 15-year-old, I can validate that today's children are spending more time interacting with technology than ever before. While some technology is designed to support children's social development and learning, there are also benefits to powering down electronics and balancing screen time with other healthy activities. As a parent or caregiver, it can be challenging to manage a child's screen time. So joining us today to help us understand the implications of excessive screen time and also share simple tips for controlling children's use of technology is Dr. Mark Perry, a medical director for our our amazing health plan. Dr. Perry oversees the coordination of our members' health care to ensure they're receiving high-quality, cost-effective, appropriate care. He's a graduate of Columbia University's College of Physicians and Surgeons. Dr. Perry brings nearly two decades' experience as a board-certified practicing pediatrician to this topic. So you are the expert, Dr. Perry. Welcome to Point of Health. Julie, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. And as you shared with your 15-year-old, I get it. Have a number of teenagers at home and it's a challenge. It is absolutely a challenge. So this is such an important topic. And, you know, in my practice as well as personal, I have seen some of the consequences of not using technology properly. So I'd like to share some tips that I've learned over many years, and hopefully that'll really resonate with our listeners as well. So I think, you know, one of the important things to really recognize is that we all have the same number of hours in every day, and it's really what we choose to do with that time. And it's a balance. We can't create rules for one day that necessarily are exactly the same as the next day. But we do know, and the evidence shows, that excessive screen time can lead to a number of health concerns and behavioral concerns. These things include obesity, sleeping problems, developmental behavioral problems too, and I'll kind of put in their violence as well, and then either lack of learning certain social skills or loss of social skills or relationship building. So for example, obesity. So, you know, we think about watching television as maybe just a passive activity. And if you think about television, there are ads on TV that are meant to really keep us focused on that activity. A lot of food ads, television and video, they decrease our ability to sense that we're full. So a lot of times we won't be snacking. So not only are we snacking, and not doing an activity. But at the same time, our bodies aren't sensing that we're getting full. Sleeping problems is another huge one. I've seen a lot of those problems when I speak to families in the office. The challenge is that a lot of people like to watch TV and fall asleep. A lot of people are used to having technology in their bedrooms. Not only is it the blue light that we have on our screens, and there are settings on most of our smart devices these days to take care of that, but it's the content. It's the significant activity in the content that keeps us awake. It stimulates different parts of our brain, the area in our brain around vision, around hearing, and those parts stay active. And we need at least an hour of downtime before bed to really be able to get into that mindset. Sort of to power down your own brain. Exactly, exactly. So 
One of the key things when I see families in the office and they're concerned about sleep problems, their children not falling asleep well or staying up late or being restless, I really ask about what is that golden hour right before bed? What are you doing? What's the general plan? And hopefully that includes turning off electronic devices, no cell phones in the room, no TV in the room, that sort of thing. You know, one thing I want to touch base on is really around the concept and the concern regarding violence and behavioral and developmental problems that we see. One of the questions that's been raised is, you know, do these things lead to violence? And while some of the research is out on violence, we absolutely see a connection between aggressive behaviors and the use of certain types of media. We see this more so in boys. So again, it's just something for us to all just be aware of and make sure that we are moderating those types of activities. And let's talk a little bit more about social skills and either relationship building or negative relationship interactions as a result of technology. One of the things that technology does is it enables people to stay connected. The challenge with that is that our bodies are not necessarily meant to stay connected all the time. We need downtime. And when people are using technology to stay connected, that's great. But a lot of times it's a solo endeavor. You might be watching a video, you're watching YouTube, you're watching some activity, you're playing a video game. And that is time that could be spent playing sports, learning how to interact with others, learning to interact with other adults besides just us as parents. So it's really around not only not learning to begin with or not having the opportunity to have the interaction to begin with, but it's also around just not reinforcing those really critical behaviors as we go through our schooling and head into the adult world. So you're a pediatrician and you've been in practice over time. What would you say are the benefits of allowing children to use technology? There are absolutely benefits in using technology. Technology is just part of the fabric of our modern day society. You can't get away from it. It's important to recognize that. And as that, we need to think about technology. It's not a yes or no answer. It's something that really is important to have us as parents understand the good and the bad that can come with it, as well as to teach that to our children. In today's modern workplace, in schools, technology is everywhere. Smart boards, iPads, other devices, it is essential to know how to use these things. The good news is that over time, the use of these devices has become so much easier to adopt, the usability of these devices. So it doesn't take that much time. If I want to learn how to use a new piece of technology, I find one of my kids. <laughs> so right. that's really and, what we need to do. <laughs> and the, I, the hilarious thing is if they don't know how to use it, they go to YouTube and then they know how to use it. So they're using technology to actually teach themselves and sometimes they're very slow parents how to do yeah, something. Absolutely. Well, we know the American Academy of Pediatrics had initially come out with recommendations. Basically, they had at one point said children under two should not be exposed to screens at all, and for older children, two hours or less. And really, I know that they've had to update that to really reflect the reality of the fact. I have seen so many kids in strollers with an iPad. I mean, it's actually the exception to see someone not having an electronic device with a toddler. So what are those updated guidelines? That's a great question, Julie. The American Academy of Pediatrics, of which I'm a member of, is this body that really helps to provide guidance, not only for people pediatricians and other clinicians in the pediatric space, but also to parents. And a website that they sponsor is called healthychildren.org. So that's a great website for all listeners to go and do a search on whatever you might have questions about. Back to the recommendations. So you're correct. Beginning many years ago, and up until around 2016, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommended really nothing under the age of two in terms of screen time. The reality is much different than that. And so I think that 
in recognition of the reality of the permeability of technology, but also trying to provide some concrete guidance that they came up with some additional rules, recommendations, if you will. So still up to 18 months. So, you know, from zero up to 18 months of age, that recommendation is really around video chatting only. And that makes a lot of sense. Very young children, they may not be able to hold a screen, will definitely not understand any additional content. And it provides a familiar face of voice on the other end, whether it's a other family member, grandparent, etc. So again, up to 18 months, video chatting only. From 18 to 24 months, so remember that previously it was up to two years nothing, so this is still below that age for the new recommendations, they use the term high quality programming that babies and parents view together. And I really want to underscore the importance of that together piece. The research really seems to be that although the programming can help, it's really about that togetherness between the parent and their child that seems to really be the value add here. So we know about high quality programming. Sesame Street, for example, is one that is high quality. But at the same time, it really seems to be related to that watching together with your child. So in your example with strollers, and unfortunately, there's not a togetherness going on with that. So that's not something that is necessarily necessarily helpful according to all the research that we have to date. You know, beyond 24 months, from two to five years of age, the recommendation is no more than about one hour per day of high quality programming, again, viewed together. So high quality and viewed together, one hour. Let's just pause for a minute and think about that. That's tough. Let's picture if you work all day as a parent, you're coming home, you just need some downtime to get dinner ready, and it's just easy to put the television on. And that's fine. We've all done it me included, but it's something just, I think, to be aware that the fact that togetherness and the high quality portion and one hours is so important. For older kids, six years and up, it's really about creating limits and enforcing those limits. Work with your child to really listen to what their thoughts are. Ultimately, we're the parents. We need to come up with rules that fit our own value systems that we have. And I know that even as you walk through this, it's equally important that parents pay attention to the amount of time they spend on their devices, especially when they're around children. And why is that so important, Dr. Perry? The critical message here is that children model our behaviors and habits at a very early age. From the moment they're born, the first thing that they really know are our voices and our faces. So again, children model our behaviors and habits at a very, very early age. So I have a question for all of our listeners, including myself, and, and Julie, feel free to chime in with, guilty. with your own answers. Guilty. I mean, whatever you're going to ask, I'm already <laughs> guilty as charged. Guilty. All of us are, myself included. So here's the question. What is our relationship with technology? Uh-oh. What are our habits regarding technology? And just for example, what are our habits around our own phone use? What are our habits around television use? What are our habits around phones at the dinner table, TV on at night? So before we really think about what we, what we want to do for our children, I think it's really good to do a self-check, ask ourselves those critical questions. The key message, children model our behaviors and habits, and they will continue to do so. We didn't grow up, at least I didn't, you probably didn't, with a lot of technology outside of a television. These days, it is everywhere from an early age, so it's really important that we really keep an eye on ourselves as we are trying to teach our children the habits as well. Well, when we come back from this break, we will actually have a come to Jesus, if you will, because <laughs> For me, I get a report on what my average daily screen time is just on my phone, and it's four hours. Think about that. Now, some of that's work, but a lot of that is time with my teenage son where I am not looking or talking to him. I am sitting there on my phone. So even if I can come back from this short break, if I don't just go ahead and 
walk out the door full of guilt, we are going to come back and share a few tips for controlling all of our use of technology. We're here with Dr. Mark Perry, our pediatrician, and more importantly, a medical director for our health plan. I'm Julie Snyder, SVP, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer, and you are listening to Point of Health. We'll be right back. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield accepted by over 90% of doctors and specialists and the power of a card that opens doors in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York. Live fearless. Please stay with us. You're listening to Point of Health. Welcome back to Point of Health. I'm Julie Snyder here with Dr. Perry. And before the break, we discuss the impacts of screen time on children. And let's really get to tips that parents can follow to make sure screen time use is appropriate or at least managed. The first one is it's easy continue to be a parent. We know where our children are for taking them to the playground, when they're at school and they're in activities, sports and after school programs, etc. So we need to just expand it a little bit more to the digital arena as well. So continue to be a parent. So we want to understand what our children are doing with digital media. We want to know when they're on it, when they know when they're not on it. This applies to TV, phone, video games, etc. So again, just continue to be a parent. It's just expanding that definition a little bit more. The second thing I would say is it's really important important to set media-free times and places with our families. So again, back to the questions of what is our relationship with technology, what are our habits, set those for the whole family. For example, some times that are, I think, really good examples would be at mealtime. Don't have our phones in our pockets or on the dinner table at mealtime. We already talked about this, but again, one hour before bedtime, shut stuff down, turn it off, let the brain kind of unwind from the day, if you will. And then some easy places to consider, again, kitchen, bedrooms, and in the car. That's a shocker. Get in the car, our kids don't want to go anywhere, we have a, something in front of them. But really, I would say for short trips, it's something, it's a great opportunity. So my wife and I love to take a card with our teenagers because we've got them captive. You know, you can ask them all those questions that you never get a chance to. So try to create those places, for example, for the car that work. There are always exceptions to these. So if your child is sick, if it's a very long ride, etc. But again, set media-free times and places with your children. Number three, I would say, be a good role model. We talked about this before, but we should be involved in our own activities outside of just parenting. So if we have time to exercise, have friends over, etc., our children will learn from those habits as well. It goes without saying driving. You know, I drive on one of the roadways and there's a poster. It's a big billboard. It has a mom who's driving and behind her is her daughter with a toy cell phone and her daughter is playing with it. But the mom's holding her cell phone as she's driving as well. It just goes without saying to really not have it in our hands while we're driving. We want to make sure we engage with children when they're using digital media. So we should be curious about what they're doing. Sit in the same room as they were playing video games, ask them questions. Again, we can learn from them and that it really engages them in that process as well. Fun things to do, set up a movie night, set up a you know, video game time. So again, technology, digital media, it's not negative. It's something that we want to, as parents, just be aware of and schedule that time so that it doesn't overtake everything else. And I think the last thing is really about digital citizenship. 
what are the manners that we should have around using digital media? You know, we've heard about online bullying and some of the tragic results of online bullying. And we really want to teach our children about how to recognize that, how to stop it, and also to not be, heaven forbid, victims. I think these are hopefully some concrete things that we can do to really create some space around the use of digital technology. Well, and I can just add to that when you talk about really being engaged and involved with your child. We'll go into our back room. We'll all go around and take turns sharing videos on YouTube that we like. And it is hilarious. It's almost like watching home movies, even though they're not our home movies. So you certainly can break through that barrier and get screen time into more of a shared experience. Well, this has been a really informative point of health, Dr. Perry. And if there's any final thoughts or advice for parents, we are running out of time, but we'll close out with any nuggets, pearls of wisdom, if you will, that we haven't covered. Yeah, thanks, Julie. So I think really the important thing to remember is that digital media technology is really part of the fabric of our lives. So let's just accept that create some guidelines that we feel are true to how we want to parent, that feel true to us. And I provided some examples before, again, around just continue being a parent, setting some media-free times and places, working on that role model. And then, of course, the awareness around digital citizenship. The use of technology can really help, but we also want to make sure that it doesn't offset other activities, sports, school, working with others, learning about how to interact and be social with others. So again, every family is different. It's really important that we work to create a plan that's right for you and your family situation. Well, you certainly have given me a lot of great suggestions, so I am very encouraged. Our listeners should not be discouraged. They should be encouraged by this really thoughtful session. You are listening to Point of Health. I want to thank this week's guest, Dr. Mark Perry. I'm Julie Snyder, and thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back soon. You've been listening to Point of Health, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York. To share this free content, visit us at bcbswny.com in the News Center. Join us next time for another informative episode focused on the topics that matter to you in the healthcare industry. Thank you for joining us.